Broadcasting from the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado, it's time for Kick Set with USA Swimming, bringing you interviews with athletes, coaches, and experts from age group swimming to the national and Olympic teams. Thanks for joining us for Kick Set. I'm your host today, MJ Truex. Today our special guest is G. Ryan. G swam for the Parkland Aquatic Club and the North Baltimore Aquatic Club growing up. G was on the national junior team from 2011 to 2013, the national open water team from 2012 to 2013, and the national team from 2012 to 2015. So G is a recent graduate of the University of Michigan, where in their sophomore year, G wrote a piece for Swim Swam called Swimming Outside the Binary, where they identify themselves as genderqueer. So I wanted to welcome G first today to our podcast, but also wanted to then hand it over to G to tell us a little bit more about uh, the article that you wrote and also a little bit more about your journey. Well, thank you for having me. Um, so I wrote this article back towards the end of my sophomore year. And what I was trying to accomplish was really unifying two parts of my life that up until then had felt very separate. So I went to swim practice. I was on a women's team, and that was one part of my life. And then when I left the pool, I went out into the world. I went to my classes. I hung out with my friends, and I identified as non-binary. And trying to essentially code switch between those two identities got really, really hard and really exhausting. And so as I was thinking about how I wanted to merge those into one cohesive person that was more authentically myself, um, I started writing. I started brainstorming and keeping a list of things that I thought were important to let people know. And eventually that manifested in, in the article I published. Awesome. Well, thank you. And so I know there are some listeners today that that did read your article, but I know that there are probably some others that hadn't. So in just to make sure that we're all talking about, you know, the same vocabulary and we're all on the same page, could you maybe help our listeners um, to understand what it is exactly to be a gender fluid or gender queer athlete? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll start off with the disclaimer that it means something different to every person. And so my explanation really only holds true for myself, but the, the general idea is there. So I identify as trans, non-binary, and genderqueer. Um, and to me, that means the trans means that I am not the gender that I was assigned at birth. Um, non-binary to me means that I am not a man or a woman, but I am somewhere in between and or outside of the binary spectrum of gender that is usually presented in society. And then genderqueer is just a way that I describe how I present myself, which is in a very non-conventional, non-conforming way to, to societal standards. Awesome. Thank you. That's a very, as a great way, easy to understand, um, to describe it. And so can I know for myself, uh, my pronouns are she, her, hers, like that's the pronouns that I identify with. What would pronouns be for um, somebody that may or may not identify as, as female, as I've just um, kind of de described? 
Right. So there are a number of different options. I myself use the pronouns they, them, theirs. Um, and I know that I have friends who use pronouns such as zers, zers. Um, and there are there are a number of permutations. Google actually has a big long list of gender inclusive pronouns from different languages all over the world. Um, so not being able or not choosing to use she, her, and hers still leaves a number of other options. Awesome, great, thanks. And so along those lines, um, talking a little bit more about if you could go or for, you could talk about your experience as a swimmer growing up in our sport as you've transitioned um, maybe socially or as you've become to better understand um, who you are authentically. Could you talk a little bit more about how your experience in our sport has shaped where you are today or maybe some of the barriers that you might have encountered or maybe even um, some of the positive things that might have come out of um, this journey that you've been on? Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'm going to start with some of my experiences. Um, so I like that you specified um, kind of a, a social coming out because that for me was one of the, the hardest pieces was not only learning to understand my own identity, but then sharing it with people around me and, and deciding how to do that in a way that felt comfortable and safe. And especially in swimming, which feels like a very vulnerable sport to be in. I mean, my body is on display every day in in ways that can be very uncomfortable. And it doesn't it doesn't always have to be uncomfortable because of, of gender. But for me, that was a, a big part of it. So we had that aspect. We had um, and the aspect of, of being on a women's team and that being the the norm and that being how the system was built you know you have a women's team you have a men's team and here i come along and i'm like i'm not either one how do i fit into into the program into the team um and so that that was difficult it was really hard because some days my my energy my my energy levels for trying to explain to other people or trying to, to offer education or resources around being non-binary was, was depleted. I didn't have anything left, and yet I still had the responsibility or I still felt like I had the responsibility to do that. And so so managing that was, was challenging. Um, trying to go to to swim meets um, after coming out, after writing the piece for Swim Swim and after having more conversations with um, my teammates, my coaches, um, people I raced against uh, about being non-binary, I became a lot more aware of all of the the language we use almost unconsciously that really excludes people who who are non-binary. So um, a lot of times at meets, it's it's the announcers say, "Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for for the A final as they as they come out." Things like that, um, and that's hard. It's it's hard to be in a situation where my brain has to process that language and that information and change it so that I am included. 
even if no one else around me um, makes that change themselves. Mm-hmm. Excellent, thanks. Can you um, expound a little bit more on the important role of the support that you have had around you in the way of you know, family, friends, coaches, and how that piece has really um, either helped or maybe had created a space that wasn't so great for you. Um, can you maybe talk a little bit more about that support system and how that has impacted you and your life? Absolutely. So I I didn't start having these conversations. I didn't actually have the language to talk about my own gender, never mind anyone else's, before I came to the University of Michigan. Um, and during my first year here, I was able to connect to our LGBTQ resource center on campus, which is called the Spectrum Center. And that center and the people in that center provided support throughout my time and and beyond my time um, as a student athlete, and that has been invaluable. Um, There are, it was the first time that I was able to see people who were like me, who were struggling with a lot of the same things, like how do you go through a, a name change? How do you put that on academic records? How do you share pronouns with people? How do you how do you figure out what restroom to use on campus? So seeing other people like me for the first time was a real turning point um, and started giving me the resources I needed to have these kinds of conversations. Um, other resources came through um, forming community that was initially outside of, of athletics mm-hmm. um, because it was hard to find queer community um, in athletics. It's especially because um, our sports tend to be very isolated on campus because of different practice times and different buildings. So other than my team, I didn't interact with all that many other student athletes. So I went to some board game nights um, that friends hosted and met other people who were trans or queer or part of the community in some way um, and started making really close friendships there and then used the the confidence that I gained from being affirmed in spaces, having my gender seen and recognized, and I was able to take that back into athletics, mm-hmm. into a space where I felt less comfortable and that there was less um, less structure in place to be to be trans inclusive and start to build a community there that was supportive and affirming. Great. That's a uh, um, that's it's nice to hear that there are resources that exist, obviously outside of the athletic space, because it is you know certainly a conversation, at least in our sport, that is new. And that not a lot of people have had the opportunity to engage in, and so I guess to bring it back to the circle, our you know coaches and trans athletes and gender queer athletes and parents and teammates that may be listening to this, um, what what can each person do in order to provide that support to you know not just 
you know, an athlete that might be going through a similar experience as you, but maybe an athlete that is looking for resources or help or just needs to be seen and heard uh, in the way that is not the societal norm, so to speak. So, so, so for a coach or a parent or um, somebody who wants to be supportive but doesn't quite know how to, what, what's some advice that you might be able to give? There are a couple of things that, that come to mind rather quickly. Um, one of them is to think about creating, proactively creating inclusive spaces um, rather than reactively creating them. So rather than waiting until you have an athlete who comes out as trans or who asks for certain accommodation, accommodations, trying to anticipate what people's needs might be and having that be the norm and set up in place so that it's less about trying to um, figure out the needs of a particular person, but rather building it into um, a team, what it means to be inclusive. Um, so that's one. Another big one that is is difficult to really find the balance for, um, but is is really important is to not put the onus on the athlete to educate the people around them. Um, and that's not that's not always true. So some people really like that role and really like being the person who can share about their experiences and who can give information to other people. And that is a fantastic place mm -hmm. to be. And it can't be all of the time, um, and it shouldn't be the the responsibility of the athlete to do so. Um, and so if there are coaches or teammates or parents who want to be supportive, one of the best things to do is to, to self-educate and to come with at least some knowledge into a conversation rather than um, expecting a person who is trans to take on that role of educator all the time. Absolutely. That must be exhausting, right? To not only live your life and be yourself, but then to have to maybe feel like you have to educate everybody that you come in contact with or that is interested in, in knowing, um, you know, everything that they need to know in order to integrate or to, um, be inclusive in that space. I could see how that could be really exhausting. So thanks, thanks for those pieces. I think um, it definitely gives us something to each think about um, as we as we think about um, not just this but other other inclusion topics as well. So um, you know, kind of bringing it back to language. You mentioned that earlier. And, you know, we talked a little bit about the use of pronouns and how that is, you know, certainly part of language. Um, are there, you know, things or examples that you can think of in the way of, um, you know, the categories language, but um, you did mention in inclusive spaces, but are there other, other places where we could um, focus on and consider in order to make the conversation more safe? for our athletes or even to um, open up the conversation of p potential places where people can then focus on to, you know, create that, um, the, the spaces of inclusion. 
Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Um, one of the things I think that needs to be named is is physical spaces and what it means to make um, a building inclusive or a, a particular location. Um, and I think it I think it's important to acknowledge when spaces aren't safe. So are there particular geographic locations where if meets are being held, it might not be safe um, for a trans athlete to to participate? Um, and what are the, the measures um, that can be taken to to reduce the, the danger or to, or to try and, and prevent something from happening? Um, but I think I at least appreciate when the situation is acknowledged and it's and it's named that yes there are, there are potential dangers or there are certain problems um, whether that's again geographic location or if you're if you're in a building that only has two locker rooms and and neither of them are gender inclusive what can be done um, even if it's just saying this is a problem we need to to brainstorm how to fix it in the future nothing can be done immediately mm-hmm. um, but that's a that's a good first step. Um, another thing about inclusion that can sometimes get lost in the conversation is I think a lot of people who are trying very hard to be fair and understanding do it by trying to ignore difference mm-hmm. and treating a trans athlete as if they're the same as everyone else. Mm-hmm. And the the problem that I see with this is that it can be harmful to do this when the starting point is inequality and oppression. So trying to treat a trans athlete the same as a cis athlete makes sense in as a concept, but in practice it just means that a trans athlete is not getting the, the resources or the support that they need. And so being neutral is not really a neutral stance, it's, it can be destructive. Absolutely. We, we see that in not, not just the transgender conversation, but also we, you can see it in gender and you can see it in um, race and in class. Like there are definitely some parallels to what you had just mentioned. So which brings me to, you know, we, we, we've talked a little bit about some systemic barriers. You know, you talked about, um, you know, facilities and spaces. We talked about even the structure that our sport currently operates. It's currently, you know, male, female, that only provides two options. And so these all kind of add to a lot of the challenges that a trans athlete, an athlete that is um, also may identify as non-binary might face. And so what, you know, I know that change doesn't always occur very quickly. And some of it is very also tied to local laws um, that may or may not exist in an athlete's area. But, you know, in like the big picture, what would be some lasting changes that you, in your opinion, would feel like need to occur in order for us to really see some, some true lasting changes um, take place? Long-term change really comes from people changing their minds. And in order to change people's minds, we have to have conversations that are uncomfortable and that are sometimes not comprehensible or, or clear. And so 
I think talking about gender can be really complicated and can get kind of confusing. But if we work through these conversations, I think it will result in something that is more inclusive and really allows everyone who wants to to participate in a sport. And I think that's important because we say that, that sports are great for, for kids, for development physically and emotionally, and they contribute to lifelong health and skills. And then there are barriers to so many different kinds of people to participate and to gain these these benefits. So I think being aware of that is is one of the first steps. Excellent. Kind of, I also want to bring it back to something that you had mentioned before in one of your answers that I wanted to maybe have you talk a little bit about. It's, you know, you mentioned something along the lines of like the mental health aspect um, for an athlete, especially somebody who might be going through um, this. And so can you maybe talk a little bit about the um, how the mental health piece, um, like what role that plays and how that affects um how that can affect an athlete um, in our sport, you know, maybe dealing with trying to navigate this. Yeah, and I could spend all day talking about that, but I probably (laughs) shouldn't. Um, So mental health, mental health for an athlete is, is so very important and is a conversation that is beginning to happen more frequently and is still one that I think um, a number of athletes, myself included, often lack the tools to engage in. Um, but if if an athlete is struggling with depression or anxiety and they don't have the resources that they need in order to try and, and cope and manage with this or at least understand what it is that they are experiencing, it, it bleeds over into all aspects of life, athletics included. Um, and from my own experience, both as an athlete and as a trans person, each of those identities had different things that contributed to, to my depression or my anxiety, and I needed different people to help me with, with each of them. So, um, for instance, the University of Michigan offered um, counselors, sports psychologists, and mental health um, providers and groups and all of that um, specifically related and geared geared towards athletics, and that was very helpful. But it didn't help me with the the aspects of mental health or my life that were really challenging around my, my gender identity or my queer identity. Mm-hmm. And so I had to go go out and find somebody else who that was their their specialty. That's um, what they they excelled at. And that was really helpful. And so for me, mental health is about grabbing little bits and pieces from everywhere that I can and piecing them together to create something that that becomes a routine. So that's seeking out counselors and, and therapists that's getting the, the medication that works best for me that's going to certain support groups, some that are focused only on being trans and non-binary in college and what that means. And so bringing that all together is is something that works for me to maintain my mental health, but it, it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of trial and error. Um, but having those resources available, not just 
necessarily for sports, but what are the other aspects of people's lives that might need specific support resources? Yeah, I mean, that's that's great. Also, you know, it's you talked a lot about the resources at University of Michigan and how they were able to provide you with, um, you know, some help that you might have needed and resources. But then, you know, that piece that you had mentioned about being able to access and find, you know, the other parts of mental health that then apply to uh, maybe maybe not what University of Michigan was able to provide. I think that it's just really reflective of even access to have um, a community or to have the ability to access different forms of mental health, um, you know, can also be reflective of the disparities and in the challenges that come from um, maybe not just athletes, but other people that, that experience this as well. So thank you for being able to highlight that. Um, you know, I, I definitely wanted to um, bring this back to, you know, having it be everybody's part. You know, you, you mentioned a lot about um, putting the onus on the person to help educate you and how exhausting that can be. But I do, I definitely wanted to drive home the point that it is, it is a responsibility for everybody, you know. And, you know, we talked about a couple of things here and there about ways and things that people things that people can do but uh, maybe just let's recap for everyone like just small small changes small things that someone someone can start in order to be supportive advocate or um you know maybe you're a coach that has athletes um that you're looking to help is there maybe just a quick short list of simple things that people can do to to make a big impact yeah so Quick short list. Um, normalizing introducing yourself with pronouns is a big one because a lot of times trans people are the only people who will offer up their pronouns, and then the response is sometimes like, "Oh, thanks," <laughs> and no, and no reciprocity. Um, so normalizing that behavior and, and introducing yourself with pronouns will make it so that it becomes the standard rather than the exception. Um, trying to use neutral group language when when referring to um, team or the team or teammates so um, organizing groups by by colors or just calling you know good morning everyone instead of good morning ladies and gentlemen these are these are small changes but they can make a really big difference depending on who the audience is um, and then I would just say continued and constant education I learn new things every day I learn new vocabulary words. I learned that some of the things that I've been doing aren't the best and aren't what people want. And so I, I read and I listen to people and I have conversations and I learn new things and it's actually quite a lot of fun. Um, but engaging in that, engaging in continual education is really important because it leads to better decisions and everybody makes decisions that build up and up into this system and Together, we can either make a system that is really inclusive and affirming and awesome, or we can make a system that has these holes that people fall through that end up being really negative. That's awesome. Thanks, G. I think that those that quick list is something that we can all do, um, really manageable even to start for even the, the newbiest of newbies 
And so, again, I, I really wanted to thank you for taking the time to speak to us today. Uh, I think your message and having this conversation on a broader platform certainly will help us toward a more inclusive environment in the future for all of our athletes and our coaches. So thanks, G. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Kick Set with USA Swimming. Check out www.usaswimming.org slash kickset for more episodes and add Kick Set to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes.